Hello again, everybody. So, uh, Jason Powers, going out for a little walk. Uh, try to clear my head, and of course, talk a little bit. Um, sure, many people are uh, finding out more about the the Fed Reserve and other people and their plans for, well, two banks now. Uh, in regards to the Silicon Valley Bank and uh, I think it's Signature. And there's a couple other banks that are probably out there, but I won't mention their names. The ones that were in that uh, release, I'll put a link in the description and you can peruse what was said and you can decipher it uh, uh, because it'll, it'll probably have some consequences down the road. They made it an exception as far as depositors are concerned and um <laughs> it should be interesting to note that uh uh silicon valley well uh bank financial their twitter account they already took that offline <laughs> quite a quite a uh yeah not that they probably had much uh, volume on their twitter account but they sure as hell did this past few days so they decided to take their twitter counter down Kind of, kind of tells you a lot about their communication style. When you don't have a have anything good to say, uh, or uh, better yet, when you can't stand criticism, uh, they just decided to abandon ship. Which is, uh, you know, <laughs> considering what they were, and considering the deposits and the financial, and uh, just to tie this in real quickly, so. Uh, Swalwell and uh, was retweeting, I forget what the account's name, Midas something or other, I don't know, just don't worry about it, it's a lefty group, I know that much, so they're trying to kick the blame back to uh, Trump, tied to regulation in May of uh, 2018, which I find such such a canard, uh, such a, uh, <laughs> a prop up of their own stupidity. Because, one, this bank was on anyone's radar. So if uh, if they decided to get themselves in a poor financial position, it was on them, for one. Two, uh, their messaging or uh, what were their depositors being told. Uh, you know, nobody, many people didn't even know much about Silicon Valley Bank <laughs> at all. I mean... Only if you were there, and only if you live on the West Coast, and obviously we know all that. So this idea that any regulational laxation was done by the administra uh, Trump administration uh, has little to do with anything. Let me hold on a second here. I love how this... I love my... And... <clears throat> This thing will magically just toggle to a website that I didn't select. So, quite interesting that. So, I'm out walking about, just getting some fresh air. So, anyways, Swalwell, uh, you know, was pumping this up. The biggest disinformation bandits in the world are politicians, agencies, Lawyers, these people are sick. 
and they're using ice, uh, for example, uh, I'll get away from uh, Swalwell for a second. So uh, Daniel Goldman was uh, having a big disagreement with uh, Matt Taibbi, and he was still pushing the Russia narrative, which, yeah, it's interesting. If your policies always tend to demonize somebody who you should have a fair amount of respect for, and they constantly push this narrative. Of course, he's obviously ultra-political. He, he's a politician, for cripe's sakes. But he was, uh, you know, the Trump impeachment uh, guy. I mean, just evil person. Uh, and he was pushing the IC argument, intelligence community argument. That was his thing. He was like, well, we have to worry about national security. We can't have the Russia interfering in our elections. Here's the truth. Russians have been, uh, <laughs> the USSR and the Russians have uh, involved themselves in our elections since before I was born. Every year. Without fail, I'm sure. And social media didn't uh, necessarily amplify it at all. It just is. We do it to other countries. We're as guilty of it as they are. Doesn't mean make uh, doesn't make them right. Doesn't make us right. It just is. People need to get that in their head. We've been doing this game for a long time. The thing is, and here's the probably the rub here, is that Americans, at least ones with rational uh, function, uh, functioning brains, and not being propagandized by their own uh, media complex to hate people, which they've been doing since the Smith-Mudd Act was passed, and actually outside, uh, if we want to toggle back a little bit further, it ties into this conversation, the 2008 financial crisis. So financially, Wall Street screwed themselves five ways to Sunday back in 2008. They've been pushing easy ninja loans. No income verification, no job verification, no asset verification onto people. They got in, they got themselves sideways on credit default swaps, credit collateralized debt applications. They were more interested in making money. They didn't care about what their investments were as long as they got their bonuses. And there was a strain of people who were out there flipping the market, flipping homes, and those things co coordinated together to make a disaster. Bush was one of those assholes who pushed the idea of, of uh, everybody deserves a home because they were running out of mortgages. That's what it was. They didn't have a, they reached a uh, equilibrium, so they couldn't push any new mortgages, so they had to find new people to put into the market. So they lowered the standards for people to get into the market. And that, of course, that creates a bubble because there is, quite frankly, always, and never has been not known that <laughs> there are certain people that are uncreditworthy to own a home. Now, this is also based upon the fact that we have a Federal Reserve System that is jacked up wrong and immoral and has been uh, screwing people over for the last 110 years. This fractional reserve banking is about to collapse. It just is. 
this is this is not a this is not a conspiracy theory this is going to happen <laughs> on our watch all Americans I mean whether you directly contributed indirectly contributed or just sat back passively and allowed it to happen we're all in this boat together this is this makes the virus seem inconsequential and ain't it funny that it's coming around the same time the three-year anniversary of this stuff so depending upon how you look at it uh when uh trump i think is march 11th he declared the uh or he came on tv and did his little speech and then the next day i remember uh thomas friedman was talking about the five things he wanted done and then the very next day which is now uh-oh ooh. I'm watching deer across the road. They just there's one, two, three, and a, a car just about hit one of them. So anyway, tells you where I'm at. <laughs> anyway, uh, Bill Gates stepped down from uh, Microsoft March 13th of 2020. So it's three years, and then of course March 16th was when Neil Ferguson published Report Number Nine. Yeah, I have this memorized because I've looked at this stuff for a while. Though these aren't the only things that matter, but you know what I'm getting at. So, in three years, we've gone from a country that, uh, right now we had the same employment level as we did then, which isn't good. That means, you know, and the people that are employed at certain in some respects are working two and three jobs. So, we actually have less full-time employment. We have a lot of part-time employment where people are, are cobbling together multiple jobs to make ends meet. And on top of that, you've raised the uh, the the short-term debt obligation of 31 trillion. Now it's probably going on. Who knows how high it's gone? I know back in uh, last year there was one one month where we racked up a quarter quarter trillion dollars in debt. It's 249 billion. So quarter trillion. The fact that I can use a quarter trillion, it just shows you how inane we have it going. And now with this. Uh, perceivable bank bailout when we have uh, we have idiots in Congress uh, putting forth you know these multi-trillion dollar sp- spending deal. I have yet to see the infrastructure package that they these people say that they're going to build with what are we really building? I don't know I'm curious no one has told me that we're getting some, some, something for our money the, the, frank, the, uh, the stark reality of it is we're not so what I'm getting at here is that all this wokeness and all this financial chicanery and all these problems that this country is facing together is, is military tactic. It's war. It's been war. We've had a, uh, we have an intelligence community. We have an agency problem where these people have turned their, their focus and attention on us as the problem. And that's the truth. They look at us as the problem. The less of us they can have, the better. They know what the uh, liabilities of this country are, liabilities of the world, For quite frankly. Everybody can figure out what liabilities are, debts and obligations, and, and they total these things up. There's somebody out there that has this massive spreadsheet. <laughs> when I say massive spreadsheet, I mean they have a model, a financial model, on all the things that's going on. It's not... Uh, we're at a point where you can make a pretty good guesstimation of some of this. But that's, of course, based upon the U.S. being the, the reserve currency of the world. What if, and this is coming, 
by the way, and this is what's going to cause the problem. What if there's an alternative to that reserve currency, and it's a, quite frankly, a better system? And the reason why is it's actually backed by something. That's going to drive people to that system. When people see, for example, I read this article this weekend, and it's not by somebody I agree with, even on any uh, level, really, but he's not a, he's not wrong. So, you know, <laughs> and it's not that he, I, I don't agree with him, but he's on his political allegiance. His allegiance is to the Global South. Uh, his name is Pepe Escobar. Not saying there's anything wrong. I mean, he's uh, he's one of the people out there. So he had this conversation, this theoretical, I think it's a theoretical conversation, by the way, but it, it could be a real one. Or he, he hid the guys, the the person, but they were in Moscow. And he was talking about this, uh, what's called external money and internal money. And this is how they're going to, to overtake the United States. Because we have so many stupid people who don't understand how to run a country. And they are going to collapse this whole blessed thing. Because of their incompetence, because of their evilness, because they're afraid, because they don't care about the people. And they don't go to the people for any solution. They've turned us into the target. Why? Because they're all highly narcissistic, highly psychopathic, do not care about anything or anybody. As much as the people that we're up against are in the same boat, they have a plan and we don't. There's the key element there. They have a plan. They know what they're up to. They know what they're trying to coordinate. Doesn't mean their plan's going to work completely. Doesn't mean that they aren't going to be backstabbing each other, which they will, and which will try to assist along. Don't get me wrong. That, that'll happen. But they have an actual agenda uh, put together to achieve a goal which is first the destruction of the, the monetary system as you've known it throughout your entire life, which has been, the U.S. has been the, been the reserve currency since World War II, since uh, Bretton Woods, uh, or if you really want to go back to just 1971, when the, when the gold window was closed on August 15th of 1971, you can go to that. But nevertheless, and then that created free-floating currency, but it was always pegged to the U.S. dollar. Uh, gold was not, you know, you know, you couldn't swap uh, for gold at the window, uh, at the banking, central banking, which central banking is, is like I said, biggest flaw. But this uh, new paradigm that they're trying to put, when I said external money and internal money, uh, the internal money would be based upon a gold mechanism amongst the global south, which roughly is, you know, Russia, China, Saudi Arabia, India, South Africa, and I think they're very much looking at all the islands uh, like Indonesia, all the smaller nations, obviously Afghanistan, some of the other um, uh, different scenarios, Iraq, that kind of deal. And of course, they want the Russia is trying to peel off of uh, Ukraine uh, if they achieve it. And plus, you throw in Taiwan. And then on top of that, and there's the creme a la creme, they're going to try to get, they're going to seize Australia. Mark my words, Australia will toggle to them. Why? Because it's on the other side of the world. And 
by God, they'll do it. They'll achieve their goal. And uh, the reason why Australia is so important is it's mining deposits. It's mineral deposits. It is like, it's like, you know, it's a big island. <laughs> it, uh, you know, has a relatively sparse population. Uh, it's hard to defend. And by that, I mean the approach. I mean, from a standpoint of, uh, of uh, getting in the way of, of China <laughs> taking it over. I mean, that's where China really, th that's where their mind is. That's where their uh, deployment is. I mean, they're going to isolate the United States, don't get me wrong. Uh, they already are and they already have. Uh, and of course, you know, they, we, they've already ran their operations in Canada. The British Empire, or the former British Empire, plus the United States, is going to collapse mainly due to the monetary system that these people are going to put together. So, oh, let me uh, say. So the internal money will be gold. The external money, they called it new coin in this article. And the idea is to create a uh, access uh, uh, for trading. So you can swap, but it's going to be based. They, they don't want to run up uh, trade deficits. They don't want anybody to take advantage of them anymore. They're going to hold, they basically, they want to control, for example, uh, the Western powers, if you want to call it that, control our consumption. And they want to do it on their terms. And they're going to have the power to do so. Mainly because their idea is, not only have we been complacent and wasteful and inconsiderate, and they're not wrong. They're not wrong in these, these assumptions either. If you look at it from their point of view... We've done incredibly wasteful things, and we've created wars, stupid wars, on, on inane reasons. And people still don't seem to understand that. We had no reason to go to war in uh, Iraq or Afghanistan. Though there'll be people out there, there's war, uh, warmongers and people talking about they understand the grand game or the great game. Uh, yeah. Where, where are we at now? How are we winning this great game? What, are, what is it that we can point to as an achievement to uh, lock down or to improve? Or let's just say this. How is it that China got to where it is without having to fire a shot? Think about it for a second. Just think about it. They, they slowly cajoled. And, of course, our people were very willing to go over there because they, all they saw was one billion people, one billion customers. The effed up thing is, is they, they made a lot of people rich and made a, a lot of communists happy. But we didn't get their people out of poverty. Certainly didn't. <laughs> and moreover, it was not going to ever be. It's never distributed, uh, what would you call it, evenly which is what all these leftists like to talk about. It never is going to be that way. Ever, ever, ever. There's a Pareto analysis to everything. The, the people who are the most manipulative, the most uh, intellectually, let's just say, advanced, and when I'm in manipulative, you can, there's an overlap there. The most criminal, criminal the most deceptive, the most willing to do whatever it takes, which is called under-restricted warfare, using financial, trade, whatever whatever the case may be, propaganda, 
uh, disinformation, misinformation, which of course it would be very helpful if our government would actually tell the truth. Because you know what? They have effed themselves by making our population as stupid and retarded as they are. Because they are. We are, we are a, I mean, I'm not putting myself in any great category here, but I'm aware of it. Which is to say, you know, I know they've lied. I know they're lying. They know they're lying. And they continue to lie. They keep on pushing the agenda. And the really reason why is because we have a lot of leaders. And of course, they don't want us to. They want us to keep on hating Russia, which was the absolute worst political maneuver we could have ever done. Just truth be told. Siding ourselves with Ukraine, who is as morally bankrupt as Russia is. But the difference is, well, and this is just the truth. It's better to make good, uh, let's just say, have good relationships with a powerful uh, foe, which USSR or the Russians was, and they have plenty of resources, plenty of necessity to, uh, we were always fighting this game of, well, we don't want them to get, the Europe and Germany to get too closely allied with Russia, which, you know, for stability's sake, we probably should have allowed that to happen. And moreover, we should have done a better job of decoupling or making NATO gradually. We could have brought down tensions. We could have brought down that whole idea. doesn't mean that we don't keep an eye on our, our uh, uh, former uh, enemies, <laughs> if you want to call them enemies. They did. Uh, there may be some argument to say that uh, aside from, from, the 1917, from 1917 to 1991, when the USSR existed, Outside of that fact, we were probably pretty good. We could have been allies with these people. And by that, I mean as uh, the system of uh, communism, once, it, once the walls came down, once you say the walls came down and people were allowed to do it, didn't mean that people weren't going to suffer because they've been under communism for 75 years. But uh, we had a lot more in common with our Russian allies than we do with China. I'm not just, you know... I don't want to hate China. I don't. I hate the CCP because I know they're just as malevolent as our government, the U.S. government. And I don't want to hate our government. It's just despisable because they're destructing everything. And they're making such... And they're doing it to our face. They're mocking us. The fact that you have an 80-year-old like Mitch McConnell who can't step down and get out of the way... Or somebody like John Fetterman who gets shoehorned in and the guy can't even, I mean, look. I, feel, I can feel bad for a guy, but he shouldn't never have been near, anywhere near a Senate. And he, those are just two little examples. <laughs> there's, you could go down the list. There's so many. I mean, Swalwell, you know, he's <laughs> he literally got in bed with the Chinese spy. Uh, you know, you got the people on the Republican side that play Dan Crenshaw, who's just a, a schmuck. I mean, these people despise the Constitution. They despise your rights. Chuck Schumer, another one, primary example, just come out recently. He's like, "Oh no, 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 no! You, you guys are, you guys are mistaken that you don't have you don't have right to speech. You have idiots in our country who, who, uh, who get on TV, who have TV shows that reaches millions of people, and they tell you they say free speech doesn't allow you to lie. No." 
free speech allows you to say what say those things without harm and danger to people in terms of physical harm and physical danger. There's a limitation on that. But what you say should be something that we should all have the ability to investigate on our own. There's used to be what would you call it a responsibility for amongst a person. If someone was lying to you, you just don't give them their money. You don't give them your time. And you uh, <laughs> you could say in a roundabout way that was the way that you uh, uh, decoupled or canceled that person's ideas and philosophy. The thing is, is uh, we were supposed to allow for people to have an open debate. If an idea, if someone's pressing an idea, they should have to, you know, they should have to stand behind it and they should have to be debatable. And you're supposed to have a way to moderate that. We used to enjoy that. That was part of America. That was part of our God-given right. Because allowing a central authority or some dictator or whatever, the dictator or central authority makes no difference. Those people will lie to you too. And even more consequentially, they, because they have authority and power of the state, an army, those people are critically dangerous to ideas. They're critically dangerous to form, form, uh, forming a mob mentality. That's how you get totalitarianism. Because totalita- totalitarians will find a way to sneakily otherize other people. And then once they do that, then they have their, their uh, Stasi snitches. They get people mistrustful. And then you go from a high-trust society to a low-trust society, which is where we're heading and which we already are there. I don't... Because, because of the people who have constantly lied. Now, this was a new revelation, but due to the virus... I just knew at some point, I guess maybe I, I, you know, I can say 13 or 14 years ago, I, I tuned out. I didn't, you know, (laughs) family problems. My mom and my aunt, uh, they, uh, went into foreclosure and my mom had cancer. And then I, you know, after taking care of her, I can remember 2011, I can remember where I was. I was holed up in a value end, taking care of my mom when we weren't going to uh, treatments, whether it be radiation or just uh, follow-ups and checkups. And uh, I would provide for her medications, which I didn't necessarily agree were good, uh, were the best things for her. But I gave them to her nonetheless. I mean, by certain medications, I could see the reason for it. My mom died at fifty-nine. <laughs> So I checked out, and I checked out for about five years. And the difference was, is when I came back and I saw the media coverage uh, surrounding Trump and Hillary, and I saw the media had distinctly lost their mind because, I, you know, <laughs> they turned Trump into this evil Russia, Russia, Russia bullshit. And then I find out the reason why, and I find out all the. The, the operations, both neocon and neoliberal, that were doing it, and that's the biggest. That's the biggest tell. And ever since then, it's not that I'm so much like a rah rah for Trump. It's more of a, 
I understand what got done to him. I can respect that he tried to do something. I can respect his foreign policy. His foreign policy was the best foreign policy we've had in the last 40 years. Whether anybody omit that or not, it was true. He was trying to realign the Middle East. You can call it a pivot, in other words, between Saudi Arabia, Israel, um, the various countries surrounding that. There was He was working on smaller countries uh, that he could... Uh, could pull into the the fold and he managed to get these people quietly discussing and of course the one thing that the deep state could not let the fuck go was the the Khashoggi incident Khashoggi was CIA connected he's an idiot he was an idiot if that the Saudis took him out oh well if you want to if you want to get to the you wanted to go after the Saudi Arabians why didn't you go after him in 2001 <laughs> Most of those uh, people who were flying uh, 9-11, according to sources, including CNN, by the way, were the ones who put, put the, the list together, and they were all Saudi Arabia connected. So why weren't we, uh, uh, why didn't we go after them then? The idea is, is that the Saudi Arabians got rid of one journalist that I don't really think had a, he was tied to, his dad was tied to the CIA, uh, funded a lot of the the problems we had, including Afghanistan, where we in, initiated uh, six months prior to the Russians going into going into Afghanistan. It, these these people were arms dealers. <laughs> I don't have any love to, love lost. I'm not going to pretend to know everything about the study, but I've read the, there was hearings that were held in the 90s, and there was a bank involved. A bank that uh, I think it either collapsed or was a front operation for the CIA to pump money through. And it went through Israel and went through Iran. And this guy was one of the people involved. And he was a billionaire, by the way. So Khashoggi's daddy was a billionaire. You talk about somebody who was probably very corrupt. <laughs> Do you think that was by accident? But the media made a big deal out of it. The CIA and other people in our intelligence community couldn't stand the fact that that was done. Soleimani was the same thing, uh, though that was a message sent. And, of course, you know, when you hyperbolize everything that's done on a foreign policy stage uh, and, and other things, for example, like the Ukrainian call, you know, the, the perfect call, which wasn't perfect, but whatever, you know. The thing is, is if you think that anybody in the who's ever sat in the Oval Office has a has constantly done just absolutely morally perfect things, uh, well, I'm sorry to sell you the the, the rope that that's going to hang you, but that that isn't happening. So when I say I appreciate his foreign policy, I say that with the standpoint of, you know, we didn't go to war, we didn't have all this uh, uh, chaos going on, but. We had a color revolution ran on us in 2020. Uh, the deep state won. They are, they are, or deep state, administrative state, however you want to, you have two parts of that. You have the administrative state, which already hated everything that was Trump. And then you have the more deeper intel people that are spanned across the DOD and NIH and uh, all the medical. They got together, they teamed up. And honestly, Trump signed the, hung himself with signing an executive order that allowed this. Now, do I know whether Trump knew what he was signing? Or do I know whether Trump knew what was going to go on? Who knows? I won't know that question. It wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. If he's in on it, boy, oh boy.
that's going to be a culture culture shock for other people. Uh, I leave that I leave the possibility open because I can't know everything that goes on in everybody's head. I can ascertain or make you know my own probabilistic assessments of certain things. I can tell the people that are constantly continuing to push the same same bad narratives are are no good to us. I'm not saying his is uh, any significantly better with his uh, uh, if he learned to just be uh, having any humility. But I tell you, that's the biggest thing. You don't have leaders who can admit they're flawed and moreover can't can't lead uh, not only with words, but actions and understand that this country is suffering because of all their stupidity. But I don't know who those are. I know there's people that love to want to rub up on Ron, uh, Ron DeSantis and he's backed by all the neocon money and available. And there's still people and there's people that are already pushing that dumb narrative that he's a, uh, he's because, you know, he, that means that he'll have more control of, no, he won't. He's not going to have any control. He's going to be a puppet master. He's going to go ahead and he'll uh, continue on with any kind of war. And meanwhile, the Democrats are just, I, I don't know. They're going to push, if they're going to push, try to push Joe Biden out there again, I mean, whatever. I mean, I know they want to put somebody like Newsom in there because of his slickness. Um, I don't know. And I don't know if it's going to matter because we may be so, so effed five ways to Sunday with the, the monetary issues that uh, when uh, we go off the petrodollar, when that, when that, when that uh, honey, when that honey pot runs out, when uh, the Saudi Arabians, when the Saudi Arabians decide that uh, it's uh, it's quitting time on the United States dollar, and what if they completely shut off the access to that? And by that I mean, what if they say you have to pay us in gold? <laughs> what are you guys going to do? How you how how are people going to respond to that? What kind of market chaos is that going to cause? I'm not, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know how quickly it'll happen, but it's sure as heck being aligned up for our uh, natural, the predators that are the authoritarians, but at least they have a plan. So I've ranted for 35 minutes. I'm getting cold. Um, just be prepared. Be able to deal with the new uncertainties and I know uncertainty has been like the number one uh, deal that's been going on in our our recent years uncertainty about what the future is going to be uncertainty by out on uh, leadership uncertainty of prices health the the people who did this to us in our country and our intelligence agencies who introduce all this disinformation board disinformation I see all these people popping up all over the place uh, the GEC all these um, all these people all, they are despicable they're the ones who have pushed so much evil down our throat and they will be ultimately responsible for all this I mean I say ultimately because, you know, when you go after somebody, these people are at the top of the list of the Goebbels purveyors. I don't have their names. I'm not going to go through all that. 
But they certainly created this chaos, this crazy making. And between the, you know, the social with the trans tran, uh, movement, the economic, which where you know what that's going to be. And then, of course, when you talk about, like I said, the financial or monetary system, which is coming, whether it be the central bank. So we'll have a central bank digital currency, all right, but it's going to be tied off of, of uh, our foreign nations that are going to, they're going to hold this country hostage. And, of course, that, all that's going to do is contribute to the tensions of potential uh, war repercussions. Because what happens when <laughs> you can't get things done the way you want them to get done? Uh, whoever holds uh, holds your purse strings holds you. So I'm going to let it go there for now. Uh, God bless the United States of America. And God save the world.